Carter. I'm Eloa. And I'm Erin. And if you don't know three black bitches who love true crime, you do now. This is the I Ain't a Killer podcast. Hey. Hey, y'all. Hello, hello. It's time for some crime. Let's get into it. <laughs> Not time for crime. <laughs> That's, That's a cute name for a podcast. Yes. <laughs> what, what, would it, what would it be about, though? Um. Like people <laughs> doing crimes? <laughs> time for crime. We're going to bring somebody like else today. <laughs> all right. Like, what? Oh, right. Real life criminals. <laughs> right. what that's all about. <laughs> what if we, oh, what if you had an anonymous podcast where you're the criminal? Oh, that would be so interesting. But you talk about like your ex escapades. The stakes are too high, but I love the concept. That's what I'm saying. Inventing Anna ass bitch. <laughs> Y'all be like, yeah, they got the goods. Pull up. Right. Oh my god, I would love that. Somebody, somebody out there do it. That way we can listen to it, but we don't got to be responsible. And you know we're not gonna snitch. No. Yeah. One fuck. One fuck with um. <laughs> wait, which one? One do Um. All right. How y'all doing? Good. Good. Yeah, it's warmer now. I know. Yeah. Had to do all this rain and cold like you live in fucking Seattle. Thank goodness. I was so over the shits. Yeah. I need sunlight. Same. I'm over planning shit and then it's like 70. It's like 70 on Wednesday. So you'd be like, oh shit, my plans on Thursday gonna be fire. And then right. like freezing fucking mm-hmm. cold. You wake up and mm-hmm. wet. Mm-hmm. Oh, last night was wild. Did it rain over here? It did. It was nice though. Um, but the sound of it was nice. <laughs> okay, so yeah. I when bed. I was in bed. Yeah. But I was like, damn, it's raining for real. Oh, it wasn't pouring down like that in the early evening. It was like by the time I laid down at like 10, 30, 11, like, mm-hmm. it was a nice little um, quiet storm. <laughs> no, it was like thunderstorm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, thunder, no. lightning, oh, all that shit. No, where no, I was, no. that's so much. I'm tired. I hate that for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had the problems. Good weather for now. Right. All right. I'm, I'm. <laughs> current and crime. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Trigger warning. Um, this week's current and crime is heavy. Um, trigger warning for anti-black violence, murder. Um, yeah. It, well, I'll make a comparison later. I'll just read this article that I have, and then we can talk about it. So it's the title is Surveillance Camera Found at Remote Hunting Camp Where Pete Spencer Was Killed. Have either of y'all heard about this story yet? Uh-huh. I don't think so. Okay. The subtitle is Family Member Said Spencer, a Jamaican Immigrant, Was Invited to the Camp by a Friend Whom He Met at a Previous Job. Wait. Wait. Is this that all white people who invited that black dude? to? I think yeah. I have heard about oh this, and goodness. I think I know what comparison you're about to make. Yeah. So, in an idyllic setting on the Allegheny River next to a bike trail is a hunting camp where police said Peter Spencer was shot to death. The camp is so remote that its address does not appear on maps. County property records with latitude and longitude coordinates showed the location. Family members said Spencer, a Jamaican immigrant, was invited to the camp by a friend whom he met at a previous job. Paul Jubas, an attorney for the Spencer family, said he is not surprised that Spencer would have accepted an invitation, even though family members said he was the only black man at the camp. Quote, he was an outdoorsman and he loved nature. He loved being in nature. He loved being among the animals of nature. This is something he would regularly do. It's exactly why he would have been out there, Jubas said. But Spencer's trip became anything but a peaceful retreat. Police said they found multiple guns and drugs at the scene. Police detained and questioned four people, including a 25-year-old white man they called a suspect. But all four were released from custody. No charges have been filed. Spencer's killing has captured international attention and prompted outrage from black leaders in Pittsburgh who are concerned that it may have been racially motivated. Action News investigate, Investigates has learned that there could be video of the shooting. A sign on the camp's front door says, you're on camera, look up, referring to a surveillance camera in the second floor window. Spencer's body was found shot to death in the front yard. Asked about the possibility of video, Jupa said, it could potentially show everything about the shooting. This just adds another layer of mystery onto why law enforcement is handling this investigation in such a shadowy way, Juba said. Vinegar County District Attorney Sean White would not say if there is any video of the shooting. He said he will not release any details of the case until his office has final autopsy results. On a garage next to the house is a sign that says, we don't call 911. Next to the sign is a picture of a handgun. Asked about whether there could be criminal liability if witnesses failed to call 911 immediately, Juba said, absolutely. This crime scene is dripping with criminal liability. 
Property records show that the hunting camp is owned by the family of Nathan Meyer. Spencer's family said Meyer is the friend who invited Spencer to the camp. Action News Investigates went to Meyer's home in Mercer and spoke briefly with his grandmother. She declined to do an interview but said she would give contact information to Nathan Meyer. He has not yet responded. Yeah. And another thing that I said, so I don't don't know if this is true or not, but when I initially saw this story, it said that he had been shot nine times. That's what I read. I don't know. That's not, that detail wasn't included in this article, so I don't know how true it is, but that's what I saw initially. That's definitely malicious. Because I was going to say, if he had been shot like one time, I could see like him going out to the woods with these white people that was playing too fucking much. Mm-hmm. An accident and happened. Accident. Yeah, and then there's like, okay, cool. Let's just not all yeah. say anything. Yeah. Right. But nine times? That's fucking target practice. Somebody did something to him on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking, too. Like, if it was an, an accident, the accident could potentially not necessarily be racially motivated, but the fact that they didn't do anything about it could be racially motivated. Yeah. But if, if he got shot nine times, that is... Yeah. Ridiculous. And it's the type of shit that I be talking about when like non-black people bring up black people's fear of certain situations. Mm-hmm. And try to act like we be tripping. And minimize right. it. Because you don't have no time to play with your own life. When you go to that all-white party out in the fucking boonies that's mm-hmm. super OTP mm-hmm. or something like that, it's like, oh, I want to go there. Where the local no police department people. is racist. Exactly. And, and it's a sundown town, basically. And right. they're friends with the local white families mm-hmm. and shit like that. Like, oh, y'all being too, y'all being too much. Like, y'all always playing the race card. You got one time to play with your life like that. Yeah. And it's over with. And then who's going to take up for you? All these people who be talking about people playing the race card are not standing up for him. And they're not going to show up. And they're not going to... It's going to be no search parties for them. No, there were no charges filed. That's so wild to me. What, this what happened in December. Like... And y'all pulled them to the side because you thought they were suspect. Somebody knows something. Somebody saw something. Mm-hmm. Yep. And... I think um, it comes on the word working or something. So... I mean, the fact that there might be a video and nobody's like confirming or denying it. Like, I mean, the fact video, that... Just say you have video. The fact that the person who owns the cabin refuses to... Uh, respond to the inquiry like if you were really trying to figure out or this is your friend and you wanted to figure out what happened to him you would respond you would be like take the tapes search the house do what you need to do right Mm -hmm. so clearly some shit went down yeah (sighs) yeah um the story it reminds me of is that black woman who went to that sleepover with those Mm -hmm. white girls remember that and they still haven't been charged have they no nobody has no no how long ago was that do, do I think it was a couple of years. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll try to find like, actual. Sadly, shit like this doesn't yeah. happen rarely. So I'm like losing my details about it. Um, we can add this to the Instagram, but the his girlfriend has a GoFundMe because he also had a baby on the way <sighs> at the time he was murdered. That is heartbreaking. Yeah. That is so heartbreaking. Yeah. So they're raising money, to, you know, just for... Funeral policy and support the family. Um, just so we can get the details straight, the comparison you made to the black woman at the all-white sleepover, her name was um, Tamla Horsford, mm-hmm. and um, it happened in 2020. Oh. Damn, that is two years now. She was a 40-year-old mother of five, and she was found face down in the backyard of a friend's Forsyth County home. The morning after an adult sleepover party where she was the only black person there. Makes zero sense. Foresight is still a sundown, right? I'm lying. This was in 2018. Okay. There were updates that were made in 2020 because she was found on November 4th, 2018. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I went to one all-white sleepover when I was in high school. It was quite the experience. I won't lie. I had a good time, but... (laughs) You know, <laughs> that risk is still there. The, 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 the risk was still there. Yeah. The risk was still there. Yeah, you make sure you have some friends. The school I went to growing up my whole life was mostly white. And I've been to a few all white sleepovers. And yeah. There, I mean, my mom made sure to tell me everything I needed to know. Mm-hmm. And I had my phone, all that shit. And then very, very young, my best friend was black and we did everything together. So mm-hmm. my mom felt a little better. Yeah. Having one other black person with me but peak yeah it's it's it also reminds me of the conversations that were happening when get out came out and like mm-hmm. how black people were like this is actually a documentary it's like yeah. right <laughs> this is this is real life i see no lies right. this is not exaggerated no, no, nothing. Oh, 
And it was wild how even if you're like if you're in the theater, right? Because it was like a whole moment. Mm-hmm. You know, when everybody went to go see it. Yeah. When the cop pulled up, everybody was so shook because it's mm-hmm. like, fuck, now he's gonna go to jail. Yeah. yeah. Everybody or the white and people it, did not feel that shit. And yeah. it's wild how an entire group of people was like, fuck, fuck right. Yeah. No. And when his friend walked out that car. Yeah. Yes. Oh, everybody was so that right. was the, the ultimate ending. Uh, he actually did get arrested. Yeah, I read about that. Yeah, in an article. I watched it. I was like, yeah, this don't hit the same. I'm so oh, you glad watched they, but, it? Yeah, I didn't know they, they actually they showed um, it. his homeboy, the TSA guy, like talking to him behind the glass. Oh wow! Yeah, I was like, yeah, this uh, this ain't it. We needed that other. Image. Yes, I'm so glad it. he made that decision. <laughs> I didn't know they actually filmed it. I thought that was just like in consideration, and they were like, nah, we need some type of. They were in the editing room. They were like, this one or this one, like Thank that one. Goodness, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, we needed that. Yeah. Oh, Lord. If we wanted to see that shit, we'll just look on the news. Are y'all excited for um, his new movie with nope. Kiki Palmer? Yes, yeah. I'm very excited. Oh, I thought you were saying I no. You were saying no. I was like, no. I was like, that's the title. No. no. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Like, just shut me down. I was, like, I was kind of excited. <laughs> no, I'm definitely excited. I'm very excited about me it. Me too. I love, love, love Kiki Palmer. Me too. Me too. I feel like somebody sent some, somebody made a TikTok about her agent and it was like, I don't know who you are, but, but thank you or something like that. And it was yeah. like some funny audio or whatever. But like, her agent stayed in her fucking bag. Yeah. Like, is she, she still doing the, uh, the talk show? I'm not sure. she stopped that? Maybe. But she she literally just came out with a movie. I think that just hit Amazon or something like that. Yeah. And before that was doing stuff. And I'm just like. She's just she so funny. Good. She seems so like authentic. I would love to hang out with that. Kiki yeah. girl, if you're listening, hit me right, up. Right, girl. <laughs> she, and, and she be working, but I feel like this movie is going to, I don't know. It feels like hopefully push her to that next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah most definitely. Cause she deserves it for real. She, she can does. act and she can sing. Yeah. yeah. She's I don't know if she's gonna sing, but yeah. she's hilarious. Just in life, yeah. Like, would she be doing that a uh, Southern Belle lady? Uh-huh. Oh yes, I'd be crying. Girl. I love it. and the gag hit. <laughs> what was she the ho- was she the host during the Met Gala? She was the host of something. Yeah, it was the Met Gala. The uh uh uh. Yeah, uh, that's what I <laughs> She was so funny. I was like, I only want to watch her. Right. <laughs> They need to have her back. Yeah. And Daniel Kaluuya's coming back, too. So yeah. So that's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. So that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. He's we like, should all go see it together. We should. Day. Yeah, we definitely should. come out? I have no clue. March something? March? I don't know. Like, I'm just, just making up shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Is that the third? Is it like Friday the 13th? I wouldn't be surprised if he's releasing it on Friday the 13th. Oh shit! I gotta July twenty second. Oh, that's way the fuck off. <laughs> that's, that that's close to my birthday. Oh yeah, oh we're birthday. Outing. July twentieth is my birthday, y'all. Mm-hmm. I'll accept any gifts, uh, <laughs> well wishes, anything. All cash app deposit, <laughs> but had, like underline and bold gifts. Right. <laughs> I, was, I didn't know Stephen Yoon was in it. I love uh, Stephen Yoon. Okay. Yes, that was my baby daddy. Ever since uh, The Walking Dead. Oh, really? Love mm-hmm. that. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's it for uh, current and crime. So, like I said, we'll up, uh, put the uh, link to the GoFundMe on our Instagram, or like maybe in our what is it, the tree thing, link tree, link tree. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so in the resource in the um, bio. description of the episode, we can do that too. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, we'll be back with our main story. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> I already said it before, <laughs> but I'm excited. We bet. <laughs> so this is the story of Ivan Malat. He's called the Backpack Killer. Do we have any um, trigger warnings? The yes. Backpack Killer. Yeah. We were talking about Australia a couple mm-hmm. episodes ago, so mm-hmm. I was like, I got to do Australia next because okay. they, yeah, they have chain. <laughs> um, trigger warnings, uh, content warnings, uh, murder, extreme violence, torture, um, especially against uh, migrants. And then I also um, want to point out that at the time when I was researching this, I didn't know that the terms aren't uh, psychopath and sociopath anymore. It's just antisocial behavior disorder. Oh, oh wow. wow. I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know, yeah. So okay. there are some moments in here where they, you know, talk about psychopathy and things like that. So because we're talking about a serial killer who has antisocial you know, behavior, I'm still going to say it how I researched it because I don't want to like skip too much through my notes mm-hmm. but just recognize that like I'm not talking about the the disability of antisocial behavior I'm talking about this person being antisocial as a kid and I'm gonna try to correct myself as much as possible so okay all right thank you for that 
All right, so Ivan Milat was born December 27th, 1990, um, 1944. A Capricorn. A Capricorn. Look, look at you. You on it. I was like, Capricorn parentheses. Hmm, they're going to be proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, but they're Capricorn. Uh, the son of a Croatian immigrant. Their father is Stephen Milat, uh, and he was Australian. And then uh, their mother is Ma- Margaret Piddleston, who was 16 when they got married, and he was... 37. Hold on. Let me make sure I read that. I'm sorry. He was 34. Sorry. I just wanted to put points. So his dad is 34 and his mom was 16. His dad was 34 and his mom was 16. I just really had to point that out. I'm not even 34 yet, but I can't. I don't have anything in common with the 16 year old. Not a damn thing. At all. Bitch, I barely got anything in common with a 26 year old. Right. What do we speak? They're probably not having conversations, but. Ooh. Can't buy cigarettes? I mean, I don't smoke, but come on. Like, yeah. barely can drive. I mean, it was back then, so yeah. everybody drove, but. <laughs> Didn't cars, right. cars existed back then? Yeah. What year is it again? 19, 1944. Well, he was born in 1944. So, okay. But his mom, I mean, they were so born in like the, the early 1900s. 1900s. Yeah. She was born in 1920. He was born in 1902. Okay. So okay. It's like the Wild Wild West. <laughs> You could just break in somebody's house and be like, I'm going to marry your daughter. And then they'd be like, I'm going to break in the house. I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can't imagine. That shit was like 70 years before I was No, going. you I just know. like come with a pig and be like, I Not have a pig. pig. Y'all Could I trade you? I'm a patriarchy. That's how it was. Patriarchy is so weird. I got to go. But yeah, I had to point it out because I was like, ooh, we, he ain't got a shot. I already know this is about to be bad. Mm-hmm. So Malat was the fifth of 14 children. He Whoa. Was the fifth? Yeah. Of four, okay. Yeah. His mama was popping them out. Um, one of 10 boys. And so it says many of the 10 Malat boys were known to the local police, and Malat displayed antisocial behavior at a very young age, which led to a stint in the local residential school at the age of 13. There's a documentary on YouTube, it's really good. Um, try to put it in the description, but they interviewed his brother Boris and they interviewed his, I think his other brother, George, his brother Boris said that he had uh, antisocial behaviors really, really early. And that he always knew he was going to eventually commit murder. Oh yeah. Like from a very early age, like early age of 10. Um, Other family members disputed this. I think especially his mother, because I mean, that's his mama. Like she's not going to put her own kids out there like that. But yeah, they disputed this. And uh, they said Malat, well, they described Malat as very good looking, a muscular boy who had a fascination for hunting and guns. He took great care of his appearance and that he also, um, he was also very like hardworking and stuff like that. And his parents, it's also, that's how they described their parents too. Their parents were very like hardworking and strict. So he took mm-hmm. after his uh, parents in that way. But then the other kids described their parents in like a different way. So it's like all this, like he said, she said back and forth. And I think it's because like some of the family members are like a little bit embarrassed. So they're mm-hmm. kind of like sugarcoated. Other people was singing. It was like, nigga. <laughs> I always knew that nigga wasn't right. Yeah, that nigga wasn't shit. But in one of the interviews, they talked about their father. And it says their father once used, um, this is just like an example of his discipline. He used to stand on their backs. Oh, no. The, the two older boys used to like stand on their backs and while beating them. Oh, uh, what? Yeah. And I had to, I made sure I did Are that they? like verbatim. Or, oh, oh, yeah. They, they, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I was asking Ella out there black or white, but I just like flipped my hand over and did the little. Thing. <laughs> y'all y'all didn't know, you know. I, I needed to know because I'm just like yo, and that's why I said like it's also weird to look at like how discipline you know manifests itself in different countries and stuff like that too. Because yeah, um, so yeah, so his brother Boris said yeah he was normal up until about um, you know almost up to like twelve fourteen. And then, um, you know, you heard about it from his, he heard about a whole bunch of stuff from his friends. They used to go out at night with machetes. Um, he heard they cut a dog in half. Where are they getting these machetes? I guess it was, he was like, the Wild Wild West. Yeah. And do um, what with dogs? Um, and he heard that they cut a dog in half with a machete while he was growing up. No. Mm-hmm. So this is like, yeah. So this is stuff that he heard from his friends. He never got any of this admission from his brother. Um. So, yeah, they said they were used to handling um, knives and firearms, and they spent their afternoons shooting at targets in their parents' yards. Um, and Malat was well-known um, delinquent because of this. Um, so when he was a teenager, 
his sister Margaret was in a really, really bad car accident. And when he, he showed up to the scene while she was like bleeding out. Mm-hmm. And because of that, um, because of like that display of blood, it like sw- it was like a light switch. Like it switched up his whole personality. He started being obsessed with like clean cleanliness. Oh, started being wow. obsessed with his appearance. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that's where they get in that whole description of like he's he's a hardworking, good looking boy who's who loves his appearance. I think he was like a like obsessive a some, sort, some yeah. sort of obsessive disorder in him. Wow. Um yeah, it turned him into a control freak and so he really started being obsessed with like his clothes and being clean all the time. Did the sister die? Um, I think I think she ended up dying two weeks later. Um, I remember this from the documentary, but I didn't put it in my notes. I think she ended up dying later. Yeah. And so that ended up like um, messing him up real bad. Um, so it says from the age of 17, um, Malat was constantly in trouble with both the police and the courts for now ha- uh, housebreaking, car thefts and armed robberies. So he like upgraded his crime as he got better with weapons and things like that. So, but he was still like really hardworking. He worked in like a garage or like at a gas station or whatever. And so, because he was such a hard worker, he took out a loan from his boss um, to buy a car. His boss was like, "Okay, yeah, like you're a hard worker. It's fine. Like I know you. I know you're good for the money." Mm-hmm. He gave it to him, and then he just disappeared. Like, he just—it's <laughs> not funny, but it's like <laughs> all those things like, you just said. Wrong. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> right. you thought it. Um, so then he started to, you know, like try to come around to like collect the money or whatever. And Malat and his friends would like now turn on him. And, you know, he got some of his little brothers and stuff like that too, to go and harass, uh, Peter, his boss or whatever. Um, it got so bad that, um, one time when he came to the Malat's house to collect, um, he ended up having to like beat the ass, like basically. And I think, yeah, he won, <laughs> but still, they were still like super violent. Yeah. And so that caused like a big beef between them or whatever. So that's like all of that just kind of like speaks to how violent he was. And then it's just like every time he gets into it with somebody, it just like escalates and escalates. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he was 17, he confessed to Boris, the same one who was got interviewed earlier, and he was like telling everything um, that he accidentally shot a taxi driver during a stick up gone, uh, gone bad. Um, the man was left paralyzed from the weight down and, uh, Ivan was never caught. And another innocent man subsequently, um, spent five years in jail for the crime. Wow. So, oh, yeah. wow. Um, so yeah, he was, and this is all before the age of 18. So strap, strap over everybody. Cause it gets worse. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> buckle your seatbelts. So right. his, uh, his brother George is another one of the ones who you know ended up uh, telling him in, in an interview, and I would too because he was one of the smaller kids. Like Ivan was like you know built or whatever, but, but like George was a lot smaller, so he used to pick on him all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he said like one time his brother cussed him out because he told him that he had he needed air in his tire. That just just to talk about like how violent he was mm-hmm. and how easy it was to get verbally attacked by him. He said he used to pick on him all the time and like beat him up and stuff like that. And so that was another brother who was just like, yeah, I think something was very wrong with him um, from a very early age. So he was sentenced to uh, 18 months in jail for breaking and entering. And after uh, a month after being released, he was arrested again for driving a stolen car and was sentenced to two years hard labor. So... Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. But, I mean, again, this is the 60s, so... It's also um, a different country, right? Yeah, Australia, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, he had to work that off. And in September 1967, at the age of 22, he was sentenced to three more years for a car theft. Damn, chill yeah. out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you just did all like this going work. Going back to back to back. Hard <laughs> labor, and you still want to steal cars? No, no, I don't want to work that hard. I'm sorry. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, not for I don't know what hard labor is, but it doesn't sound like nothing I want to have a part of. Yeah. All right, y'all. We'll be right back after we pay some bills. Are you a huge c- Us too. Wait, can we even say c-? Of course. It's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. I'm Ange Ballastone, a.k.a. the drag queen, Fat Girl Gina. And I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess. And we're the hosts of The Big Cunty Couch, a gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge-ass couch while we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy and cunty with us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie. Or watching. Or both. Otherwise, why the hell am I in full drag? And we'll see you on The Big Cunty... Oh, wait. I thought we were going to say that together. No. On the big c***y couch. Mwah. I don't even want to work hard at my job. And they paid me. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, no. 
In April 1971, uh, Malat was charged with the abduction of two 18-year-old hitchhikers, one of whom he sexually assaulted. Right. Oh, so this is where it starts to get like, it's real, like oh, it was already serious, but this is where he starts to have tendencies connected to his future crimes. While awaiting trial, he was involved in a string of robberies, again, with some of his brothers uh, before faking his suicide and fleeing to New Zealand for a year. He was rearrested in 1974, but the robbery and the kidnap cases against him failed at trial with the help of the Malat's family lawyer, John Marsden. John Marsden. Um, the speculation is that he got the women to change their testimonies. Right. So they don't say exactly how he did it or, you know, exactly what he did it. But I'm putting two and two together. I think he, like, intimidated them into changing mm-hmm. their story. Because mm-hmm. so they switched up and then, like, they were, like, because of the recantation, like, he was, like, let off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he took a job as a truck driver in 1975. He worked on and off uh, for roads and roads traffic and authority um, for about 20 years. And during and so I'm gonna have to like backtrack a little bit, but he ended up working there for 20 years. I'm gonna have to go back and talk about some other stuff. Also in 1975, when he was 30, Malat met another 16 year old. I, I don't want to say another like he already met one. I'm saying he was 30 and he met a 16 year old who was pregnant by his cousin. So this is, yeah, this is kind of like a reflection of, like, that relationship between his mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason why I put that in there, because I feel like he kind of, like, tried to emulate that behavior or whatever. Um, so, yeah, when, in 1975, when he was 30, he met a 16-year-old who was pregnant by his cousin. They married in 1983, and they had a daughter of their own. So what happened to the cousin? Right. <laughs> I, I think he just, like, ran off. He was just like, fuck that shit. Like, that's not my baby or some shit like that. Wow. Like, it was, like, well known that that was, like, the girl he was fucking with or whatever. Um, and so he, so he the just, whole family just tried for That's fuck. <laughs> and ain't nobody said nothing. Ain't nobody pulled this nigga to the side and they're like, you wildin'. Right. <laughs> for a good 20 years straight. <laughs> like, no stopping. I mean, he won a 14. I can't imagine being able to keep right. up with all that. He just lost track. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. He fell through the cracks. Like, oh, shit. There's a whole nother child? <laughs> um, so she testified that he was extremely violent. And at any point, he would keep her from leaving the house if he didn't know where she was going. Mm-hmm. Um, if she left the house, she had to come back with receipts and like he would check her gas, like he would check her mileage and stuff like that, oh, like, just no. to make sure like, he no. knew exactly what her. She was, he was extremely obsessive. Um, so she left him in 1987 um, and filed the reason to be domestic violence, and then they ended up divorcing in 1989. The theory is that he lost control, and so he started kidnapping people to gain control. Mm. And so uh, throughout the case, you'll see that, like, a lot of the stuff that he does coincides with, like, him losing control in a relationship or whatever. So he attempted sexual assault and murder of two more women in 1977. Um, This is why he was uh, still over or whatever. For which he was never charged. Again, this is another thing that's on his record, but he's not going to jail for any of this shit. Um, On September 19, 1992... Um, two runners discovered a concealed corpse while orienteering, uh, orienteering in the Belangelo State Forest. Whoa, what the fuck is okay, that? Okay, so backtracking to orienteering, <laughs> it's a white people sport where they just like go through the woods with a map. And it's a, it's, it's a spectrum. So it's hiking. Yeah, but like with a map. So and you got to figure your way. It, yeah. That is some real white people <laughs> Camps like type shit. It's a set of sports. So I think you can do like a bunch of different sports. But if it's involving a map and you being out in the woods, like navigating, then and it's or- orienteering. <laughs> yeah. It is not for me. That's what I learned. Right. Yeah. And I tried to learn about it. But the more I tried to read about it, I got confused. So I just put the word in there just so I could be correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the following morning, police discovered a second body 30 meters from the first. Police quickly confirmed uh, through dental records that the bodies were British backpackers Carolyn Clark and Joanne Walters. So Clark's parents told her not to hitchhike, but she did it anyway because it would save her money. Mm. And just a little bit of backstory. So up until the because of this, um, like, Throughout the 70s and the 80s, Australia was actually a pretty safe place to hitchhike, which is why it had such a big uh, reputation with hitchhikers and, like, people who were coming to, like, um, pick apples and pick fruit and stuff like that in the woods. Mm-hmm. Like, but then because of this, then Australia has the reputation for, like, not being safe as far as, like, 
um, yeah. being on the roads and being a hitchhiker. So, but even still, I'm pretty sure it had happened before, and her parents was like, "No, don't do that. It's not safe. Just fly out." And I was like, "No, hitchhike." Um, so yeah, in October 1993, uh, a local man searching for firewood discovered bones in a particularly remote section, particularly remote section of the forest. He returned to uh, he returned with police to the scene where two bodies were quickly discovered, and they were later identified as Deborah Everest and James Gibson. They were both 19. Um, and I'm sorry, the, the previous ages of the, the other two people who were, Carolyn Clark was 21 and Joanne Walters was 22. I think it's interesting that he consistently is targeting people who are together, like two people at once. Because uh-huh. you would think that it would be intimidating. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know, I would feel safer if I was hiking with someone else. I would be like, oh yeah, nobody's going to try to kill us because it's two of two us. Two of us, right. right. But, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what gave him access because it was like, oh, okay, cool. This person isn't I mean, obviously not afraid to, like, pick up these two people or whatever. They're not going to do us any harm or, or can't because we're together. We can both take them. But, yeah, know, that false sense yeah. of security. Yeah, most definitely. Um, the presence of Gibson's body in Belangelo puzzled investigators as his camera and his backpack had previously been discovered at Gostin Gorge, which was over 120 kilometers away. I'm just going to pretend like that's miles because I don't know the metric. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's close. On, uh, so on November 1st, 1993, a skeleton was found in a clearing along a fire trail in the forest during a police sweep. It was later identified as that of Simone Schmidt. Uh, clothing found at the scene was not hers. Yes. and uh, But it matched with that of another missing backpacker, Anya Hapsheed. I hope I'm saying that right. And if I'm not, please correct me. Um, on November 4th, 1990, uh, November 1993, the bodies of Hapsheed and, um, another hitchhiker were found at a nearby fire trail again. So that, those, that clothing that they found at the scene that didn't belong to her, that was theirs. And they ended up finding the bodies that matched it later on. Also, uh, 50 miles apart were Gabor, uh, I cannot say this, I'm so bad. I'm sorry. Gabor Nobauer and Anya uh, and Abshid were 20 years old. Mm. Um, examination of the remains showed evidence that some of the victims had been tortured and did not die instantly from their injuries. In response, on October 14, 1993, Task Force Air, uh, containing more than 20 detectives and analysts, was sent to New South Wales Police. On November 5, 1993, the New South Wales government increased the reward in relation to the killings to $500,000. So I guess they knew that it was a serial killer. Yeah, at this point, yeah. they knew it was a serial killer. Because, like, months between each other, they're, like, finding these piles and piles of bodies. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it's, like, bones. Right. So they're, mm-hmm. like, you know, these bodies have time to decompose to, you know, whoever it is, is knowledgeable of the area and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, after developing their profile of the killer, they ended up getting flooded with calls. They applied something called link analysis technology. So I think it's something that just keeps data together and then just like, I don't know, all of the different. Yeah, like a computer that's able to like draw connections between suspects. And the list of suspects that they got from the calls was narrowed down from 230 to 32. Wow. Yeah. Uh, speculation um, arose that the crimes were the work of several killers, given that most of the victims had been attacked while as pairs and been killed in different ways and buried separately, which actually kind of makes sense to me. But they never they were never able to you know, go on with this theory. So they just stuck with the single man theory. Yeah. The profile uh, was a man who hates women. You know, I feel like that would make sense if there weren't like clothes from one crime mm-hmm. found at the other crime. Yeah. Right. I feel like that's a very clear yeah. yeah, most definitely. Yeah. yeah, it's like they had those before, so they had to, I don't know, and purposely drop them at a different site. Because right. I'm like, at this point, it's like itching to get caught. Oh, right. right. It's weird. Um, but yeah, the profile of the person they were looking for, um, the one they put out on the news, uh, was a man who hates women but loves guns. Um, someone who loved power but hated authority. Uh, a blue-collar worker who knew the area of Liverpool and who knew the Belangelo Forest. Um it was narrowed down to the Malats, like the family, <laughs> immediately. That's the whole family. Because they knew they were sketch. And you know, they had like long rap sheets with the local police. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, 
We need to keep surveillance on them. Listen, everybody this in this house is on the rain dark bitch. <laughs> <laughs> they stay with the guns. They stay with the machetes and shit. Ooh, Lord. So, the malots. But they, they didn't have any evidence. So, they was like, okay, cool. We just go on, like, put surveillance on them. They wanted to move in immediately, but they was like, no, just uh, watch the house. On November 13th, uh, 1993, police received a call from a man named Paul Onions. So, this is... <laughs> <laughs> Paul Onions. Remember? <laughs> I tried to skip that. <laughs> we sorry, Paul. Oh, you're still alive. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it just sounds like... <laughs> it just sounds like something else. I'm not going to say it. Um, so, <laughs> earlier in uh, November 93, uh, Paul, who at the time was age 24, had been in the UK... Um, had come to the Australia. I'm sorry, who's from the UK? Had come to Australia uh, in 1990, January 5th, 25th, 1990. Uh, he had been backpacking in Australia and while hitchhiking from Liverpool Station towards Mildura, had accepted a ride south uh, out of Castle from a man known as Bill, quote unquote. Um, Malat was initially very friendly, introducing himself as Bill, but Onions found Malat's personal questions about his plans unnerving. And he began concerned. He became concerned for his safety when Malat began ranting and making racist and xenophobic remarks. Yikes! Um, when Malat pulled his car to the side of the road, Onions tried to get out, but Malat pulled out a revolver and told him to put on his seatbelt. So Onions managed to like bolt out of the car and get to another uh, get to another passenger's car, um, but he left his uh, passport and the rest of his possessions. Despite Malat's threat that he would shoot him, um, he still was uh, able to escape. Um, and the person, the other passenger took him to the nearest police station so that he could report what happened. Uh, he returned to Sydney to replace the missing passport. And, um, oh yeah, I, I thought, I read that wrong. I'm sorry. I thought he like had just gotten another one. I'm like, that's, that's fast. But um, replaced the missing passport and eventually returned to uh, the UK. And he's, at the time, he just didn't know that like this would, you know, lead to um, something, so much yeah, bigger. something. Yeah, he just got walks like, the onions. So like <laughs> surviving an attack like that. <laughs> so police learned that Malat had recently sold his silver Nissan Patrol four wheel drive shortly after the discovery of the bodies of Clark and Walters, the earlier ones I told you about, whose parents warned her not to hitchhike. Um, police, police also confirmed that Malat had not been working on any of the days of the attacks. And Bam, you didn't get no cover story. You just re- you re- use your PTO for every single word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You didn't even like clock it and just like leave work so like he was on the clock. Right. Like, at all. But, you know, him being in the outback or wherever the fuck, um, I guess he just <laughs> thought he could get outback. away <laughs> get away with it. Um yeah, so they confirmed that he wasn't at work, and acquaintances also told police that he had like uh, an obsession with weapons. So when the connection between the Belangelo murders and Onion's experience was made, Onion's flew to Australia to help with the investigation. On the 5th of May, 1994, Onion's positively identified Malat as the man who had picked him up and attempted to murder him. Malat was arrested at his home on May 22nd, 1994, on robbery and weapons charges related to uh, Onion's attack after 50 police officers surrounded the house. The search of Malat's home revealed various weapons, including the 22 caliber, I'm not even going to try to say this German word, Anschutz model? I'm, I'm pretty sure I said that wrong, sorry. Um, and another 22 caliber Ruger, um, a Browning pistol, and a Bowie knife. Also uncovered were items belonging to several of his victims, homes belonging to his uh, homes belonging to his mother and his uh, five brothers were searched, and they uncovered more items. Um, so through this, they discovered that he was a compulsive trophy taker, which is like very typical of uh, sexually sadistic killers. They kill, torture, and then they take possessions from their victims, and they like to keep them with them to remind them of, I guess, like the high that they got when they were uh, when they were. In the middle of the torture, um, they found tents. They found in, like he stole entire tents from the victims, cameras, camping gear, and lots of other evidence from um, that was uh, connected him to other bodies. He gave Carolyn Clark's shirt to his girlfriend. <gasps> yeah, what? I hate that. The fuck? Yeah, and the, this is how they found this out. So everything in his house was like covered up or like kind of hidden. 
But the only thing that was playing inside was a picture of his girlfriend. And in the, it was like framed. And in that frame, she was wearing the. Oh, no, bitch. See, yeah. this is, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sorry. I was going to say, I'm sorry. I'm not dating no more since that man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That, that no it's too much it's too, too fucking much mm-hmm. and I'm just like when when I watched this on the documentary and I saw that picture I literally because they showed the side by side and almost like in the side by side even like the victim looks a lot like his girlfriend yeah, so yeah. it was hard for me to realize why they were putting this frame in the, mm-hmm. sh- in the shot in the documentary I'm like why did she want me two shots of the same person they're like no one on the left is Carolyn Clark and her parents recognized the shirt. They were like, oh, yeah, we gave her the shirt. She loved that shirt or whatever. And, you know, he gave it to his girlfriend. Which that is, is wild. Like, that is some of the wildest shit I think I've ever heard. Like, you got her walking around in this dead girl shirt. I don't think I'd recover from that. Like, oh, just no, don't no. don't even tell me. No. Yeah. Just no. politely or quietly take the shirt and I'll just, oh, whatever happened to that shirt? <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> burn forward. it. Yeah. Right. Whatever the fuck. But, you know. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. That's I'm a prompt sorry. ass whipping. I don't care where the fuck you at. I don't care if I got to visit you in jail. I mean, and this was like, what, the 60s? The, well, no, this is the 90s. So I'm pretty sure there was like no barriers and no like electric doors and stuff like that. She should have went down there. This is one of my worst nightmares to like be with someone and realize that they're fucking insane. But like, that's like some freaky, like, was he, was it like role play for him? Right. That's what I'm saying. It's just like, it could have been, it said he's sexually, sexually sadistic. And so it was probably like a way for him to, I don't know get rid of this girl or you know to have you know whatever moment he had when he was like torturing her but then to also like have her alive and like have her things all Ooh, else, oh my god it's so yeah. fucking sick oh my i just don't know I, I really don't even i can't even begin to break that down but um so yeah malat uh went to court um 23rd of may that year um and on the 31st he was also charged with seven other uh of the backpack murders including um you know, everything that he did to Paul Onions. Um, he sacked his defense lawyer, the same one who got the other girls to change their testimony. And um, he ended up going with a public defender, which was like, what? at this point, y'all too far in. I don't understand that decision at all. Um, so also, uh, his brothers, Richard and Walter, were tried in relation to the weapons. And then they ended up having a whole bunch of like other drug charges and like stolen items and stuff like that. Mm. So this isn't official in the this isn't official as far as like the case. But me just putting two and two together, I think like low key like his brothers kind of helped him a little bit, mm. especially since like he had so much stuff at their houses. It just makes sense that like they at least like helped him with clean up or moving some stuff yeah. and just like yeah, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, he could have definitely done this by himself, especially with him being described as like loving weapons and shit like that. But like, yeah, his brothers was definitely about that life. So I think I think they definitely they definitely helped. Yeah, I'd say so. Or they were like, "This is my weird ass brother who I thought would kill somebody since he was ten, and I'm not asking any questions." Because yeah. I'm like, if my sister, one of my sisters, came to me like, "I have a tent. Do you mind like keeping it in your garage?" And then like a couple weeks later, "Oh, I have this hiking stuff. Do you mind keeping it in your house?" I'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Right. Yeah. Like, why does it need to be here? And why do you have all this shit? And why you can't keep it at your house? Right. right. So, yeah, I agree. Either they were a part of it or they were too scared to say something. Mm-hmm. Um, it says on March 26, 1996, is when the trial began. His defense argued that in spite of evidence, there was no non-circumstantial proof that Malat was guilty and attempted to shift the blame to other members of his family, particularly Richard. Um which is one of the people who was locked up for the, the drug charges. That's so trifling. You're going to let your lawyer try to blame your brothers knowing good and goddamn well. That you did that shit. That you've been out here. And your girlfriend had on somebody else. <laughs> oh, oh my God, I can't. Please. That's evidence right there. Ooh, I will never recover from that. I yeah, honestly know. Like, that shit just gave me chills just now. I was thinking about it again. Do y'all what remember when fuck? we did that? Um, do y'all remember when we did that story about that kid who was, like, hiding in the walls? <laughs> Daniel LaPlante. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. It took me so long to get over that. I was like, bitch. That's fair. I had to check my cross face several times before bed. <laughs> I had to look up there a couple times in my flesh. Like, like if you under here, don't just don't do nothing to me. Just get out. You know how sometimes your house just has a sound and you're like, oh, that's just the house settling. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, or, or, or in your fucking walls. Like, Yikes! Eating your sandwiches. Please. Oh, 
Not eat my chips. <laughs> <laughs> Writing words on the wall and ketchup. Praying. Oh my god. Um, it says 145 witnesses took the stand, including members of the Malala family. <laughs> <laughs> 145? <laughs> Not much of a piece of shit you have to be for. Is it. that right? Almost record? 150 people to take the stand. Yeah, I'll talk shit about this man. <laughs> right. I can't say this as neither. Yeah, I, I knew he was just a fucking weirdo. I'm a postman. Lie. This nigga tried right. me. He used to come in my grocery store. <laughs> I got some shit from, from the coffee shop. Right. <laughs> right. He's talking to my friend. That nigga ain't shit. <laughs> Listen. And they said he even gave evidence himself, which I'm like, I don't, at this what? point. What? Um, so there was 18 weeks of testimony. They found him guilty of all the 18 murders. weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it was 145 people they had talked to. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I started thinking about how long a month is. That's four weeks right there. So I'm like, they spent half a that's, year doing this. Yeah, that's four and a half months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just so, it's not funny. It's just so ridiculous. <laughs> how did he get this far? How did he end up killing so many people without anybody? 145. Somebody could have said something sooner. Exactly. 145 y'all niggas in this local town knew this man was up to no good. And just how it is exactly and that's what i'm saying like i feel like a lot of these people who be getting away with shit like everybody got something to say when it comes to trial it's like oh shit now we know that this person mm-hmm. was on some bullshit here's what i know mm-hmm. you should have told what you know immediately right you should have called crime stoppers when they was giving out free days when they was giving yeah. out hotels and, and diamond bracelets bitch Oh nigga got away with that shit because of y'all. That's, that you need to have a community. <laughs> nah, like, you're right. Like you come into my house with bloody tents and shit. Like yeah, no. I'm telling somebody something instantly. I'm I don't so give sorry. a fuck who you are. Listen, you've been creepy since I was born. <laughs> <laughs> did you get this tent out the box from Walmart? You come at my house with a tent without the box, bitch. Where did you get this shit? And it's put together. Oh fuck no, no. You took that from somebody while I was sleeping. You just want a tent in my house put together. <laughs> Did you win it? <laughs> oh no! I mean, we got six tents, bro. What's going on? Like, it's enough. That's what I'm saying. They do. They fucking do. That's what I'm saying. These bitches are up to him. Oh, oh my, my god, no! <laughs> 145 fucking witnesses. Where his parents witnesses? I think so. Honestly, if they not, um, how the fuck did y'all get to 145 without his family being involved? His kindergarten in teacher was up there. Listen, <laughs> and his boss had his had a better been one. He pulled. He owed my money. He owed me money. Like, right. I gave him a loan, and this nigga disappeared on me. So yeah, I'm snitching. Like. <laughs> But no, wow. um, so he was given a life sentence without the possibility of parole, which is like, okay, great. And he was also charged with false imprisonment uh, and robbery of Paul Onions. And uh, I said it on purpose. <laughs> um, for which he got six years of jail each. Mm. So I, then he got life without the possibility of parole. And then he got six years of jail each for each murder which oh. is like kind of weird but it's like seems as long as he's doing it I don't care um so there's this expert on serial killers named Paul B. Kidd I know I'm not making these names up yeah <laughs> <laughs> bear, bear with me um so he said that Australian serial killers are a little bit different from other countries I'm not exactly sure how they work everywhere else but in Australia a lot of uh like underprivileged, um, blue collar uh, opportunists tend to be serial killers. Mm-hmm. Where in other areas they tend to not be opulent, but like kind of like middle class. Yeah, middle class, or the same way we know about like people being from the Pacific Northwest or having like a head injury and things like that. In Australia, it's a completely different set of socializations that will lead you to like having these things. That's so funny. We were just talking about that, like mm-hmm. how serial killers look in other countries. Yeah. yeah. We need to find somebody's done the research or someone yeah. needs to do it. I would be so dumb to read. I would listen to a, a long docu series about that. Yeah. Or watch no, one. Same. Or a podcast. That'd be an interesting podcast. It would. Yeah. Um, and then the last detail is that um, they think that he killed a lot more people than they recovered. So they recovered seven bodies and then, of course, Paul Onions. But they think the number is closer to 28, 29 people. Wow. Which yeah. would, I don't know, which would kind of make sense. Because they said that. 
these killings revolved around I'm sorry, these killings revolved around the failures of his relationship. So every time mm-hmm. he would go through a breakup, he would see a spike in crime. And then he'll oh, pull down and then he'll be with somebody and then they'll break up and then spike in crime. To which I say, not even trying to be funny, all this shit that you hoarding, like sell that shit and go to therapy. Cause like <laughs> oh no, niggas will do anything to not go to therapy. Yeah. Like you hoarded all this stuff and I know and I know that like, you know, people who deal with antisocial behavior and stuff like that, that's just not something that's on their mind, especially if they're thinking about causing violence to someone else, but I don't know. Some of these systems have to give. I'm pretty sure somebody knew some shit at some point. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. All 14 million of his siblings knew. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Getting locked the fuck up and shit. Like, instead of sentencing him to prison, they should have sentenced him to rehabilitation. That's what I'm saying. Like, you knew since he was a kid that something was off Mm -hmm. and he was overly violent. It's reminds me of the conversations around, like, men being the number one uh, cause of death for women through domestic violence around the world. And it's like, all these niggas knew, at the very least, that he was beating the women he was with mm-hmm. and like that could have been a starting point for a conversation mm-hmm. so like when we talk about what is there was there an opportunity for it to not get this bad like clearly yeah because niggas aren't checking other men aren't checking other men in regards to their violence towards people and i'm sure everybody was like oh that's just how life it is no, no. like somebody needs to he really chopped the dog him. in half we need to figure yeah, this shit out yeah, yeah but his horrible. brother i think his brother was so afraid of him that he just didn't say anything which is like you know, another one of those cracks, you know, people slip through. It's just like every level of, mm-hmm. you know, people being able to stop him could have helped. Mm-hmm. Like if, some, if somebody had to say anything and if we had a system that's like, this is very disturbed behavior. Let's catch this kid now. Right. You know, but they were underprivileged. They were poor. They had like too many fucking, kids, like too mm-hmm. many fucking kids and stuff like that. So everybody's just like, oh, their dad is probably That is a oh, wow. I've so never heard of that. That is the story of Avamalot, the backpack killer. Chile. Yeah, it was a lot. I don't even know what to say. God damn. The silence wow. is deafening. Right. All right. Well, um, that was that. We'll be back with Should This Be a Crime? Something a little lighter to cleanse your palate. <laughs> so, should this be a crime or not? <laughs> Period. Let's fucking go. All right, so I'm reading directly from an article, uh, a story I came across on Instagram the other day, but I looked up so we can get some official facts. The title is, Georgia State Official Accused of Faking Pregnancies to Get Out of Work, Collect Pay. Jail. <laughs> Jail. Is she white? Yeah. <laughs> Jail! Is she, a, is she a Republican? Um, I, I don't know. Hopefully this article will tell us. Bitch, okay, I'm sorry. I'm asking you all kind of questions. <laughs> so, so the colleague reported seeing the lower portion of Robert, no, sorry, Robin Folsom's stomach, quote unquote, come away from her body, state officials said. A review of records found no sign that she delivered a real child. So here's the article. Atlanta. A state official is accused of faking multiple pregnancies and using at least one of those bruises to get out of work and be paid for the time off. A Fulton County grand jury indicted Robin Folsom, former director of external affairs for the Georgia Vocational Rehabilitation Agency. That's a lot. On three felony counts of making false statements. She's also charged with one count of identity fraud, also a felony. Folsom, 43, had supervised the agency's marketing and media communications. In October 2020, Folsom told human resources officials that she was pregnant and then announced that she had given birth in May 2021. According to the state office, the, according to the state office of the inspector general, a man claiming to be the child's father later emailed the agency <laughs> claiming that Folsom needed several weeks of rest after the birth. The agency approved about seven weeks of paid leave, but the scheme soon be- began to unravel. A co-worker reported seeing the lower portion of Folsom's stomach, quote-unquote, come away from her body and share with investigators a belief that Folsom... First of all, I'm sick of this person snitching. (laughs) (laughs) And share with investigators a belief that Folsom wore a fake pregnancy stomach. (laughs) She also sent pictures of of her new baby to agency employees. And the picture seemed to depict children, quote, with varying, varying skin tones. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? The least you can do is get pictures of the same There's baby. so many white babies online. <laughs> so many stock photos <laughs> of white children. No, they said that baby was olive, but this one is white, white. <laughs> but also, she could be fucking hella niggas. Like, we don't know. Like, yeah, but, but the baby not going to change colors. <laughs> 
Oh wait, hold on. Of the same baby. Of the yeah. same baby. Yeah, it's supposed it's to be one baby. Well, didn't they say she faked multiple pregnancies? Yeah, she so she supposedly faked two, but I think okay. they were getting pictures of what was supposed to be one single baby, oh. and those were a lot of those. So maybe one had like really dark features, and the other one was a little bit blonde. <laughs> That is fucking up. And this is why we go to art class. <laughs> this is why y'all getting rid of the art classes. Right, you could have utilized some Photoshop. <clears throat> um, ultimately, a review of medical and insurance records found no sign that Folsom delivered a real child. I love that they put a real child as opposed to a fake one. <laughs> There's no child involved. <laughs> she had earlier reported the birth of a child in July 2020 and claimed that she was again pregnant in August 2021, authorities said. Planet Fest. She said every year. I need right. a break. <laughs> Folsom, Folsom resigned in October 2021, shortly after being interviewed by state investigators. So they pulled up. They was like, we got some questions. She was like, bet, I resigned. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> my babies need me. <laughs> I got to give them my keys. <laughs> All state employees, and especially those that communicate with media and general public on behalf of their agency, should be held to the highest standards of integrity and honesty, State Inspector General Scott McAfee said in a statement. The Georgia Attorney General's Office will prosecute the case. Fraud by state employees will not be tolerated, Attorney General Chris Carr said. By working with Georgia's independent inspector general, we were able to discover, investigate, and put an end to this alleged deception. (laughs) We will always stand up to protect taxpayer dollars, and we look forward to presenting our case in court. It wasn't known Thursday whether Folsom has an attorney who could speak on her behalf. If convicted, she faces up to 10 years in prison for identity fraud and up to five years in prison for each charge of making false statements. Whoa! What's yeah. the identity fraud of her just saying she's pregnant? Is she not? I'm making know. up children. Maybe. Making making up identities of non-existing humans? Maybe. I have questions. So <laughs> I need to learn I need to know her political affiliation. Because if she's if she's any type of leftist, it's a jug. Exactly. <laughs> right? If she's right wing bitch, how the <laughs> fuck you going exactly. to get fraternity leave? Right. And then and Medicare scam to right. use it. Right. right and handouts. I thought the exact same thing. I like. I'm glad it's not a black woman because I obviously don't want to see a black woman being prosecuted for these kind of crimes. Right. But if it was a black woman, I'd be like, "Yes, bitch, <laughs> like, you better <laughs> get your time off, bitch." <laughs> yes. What's her name? Kim Folsom. What's something Folsom? Folsom. F O L S O M. If you just look up Georgia State Rep. Um, Georgia State Rep. Pregnancy. Fake pregnancy. Fake yeah. pregnancies. Oh, we're gonna find this shit out. <laughs> but I'm crying that someone was like, um, that belly don't look right. real. That didn't look right. <laughs> I gotta talk to HR. What the fuck kind of life are you living? Sorry, like I don't care if this this bitch getting caught doing fake pregnancies is a whole other situation. What the fuck are you doing that you're paying so much attention to somebody's lower half of their body that you notice that? Right. That's and then weird. you return them in. Yeah. I'm yeah. finding my fucking business and I'm collecting this government check. Yeah, I'm not that's weird. On the other hand, Maybe she's a terrorist in her office and was getting on niggas' nerves and tried it one too many times. And that's I mean, if that's the out. case, yeah. yeah. And, and the person that turned her in is the one that has to do all her work when she's gone. Right. <laughs> like, it bitch, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> you about to be on your third imaginary <laughs> child and i'm not putting up with this shit i got real kids at home and i gotta cover your shit right yeah i I agree with you otherwise it it being a crime depends on a lot of different factors for Mm -hmm. me i agree i don't know is is she chill she got the right politics i still i I just because i mean they all trash republicans and democrats true true so at this point especially with how y'all showed y'all ass trying to desperately turn turn uh georgia purple or whatever the fuck was happening um it, it's a it's a crime for me but yeah. i feel like if she's like some kind of left-leaning then it's it's a it's a it's a little it's a little scam you know it's like <laughs> every day but like i can't uh they don't have her name anywhere in the article that i'm that i'm looking at anyway and you just said her name too I'm just like, um let me see I forgot uh, robin Folsom. yeah robin Robin F U L L. I want to see the pictures of the baby. Right, y'all need to give us more. Asking the asking the right questions because this is funny. And what it? Why is faking multiple pregnancies in the article hyperlinked? I love that other people. I love that other people have been looking up her political affiliation because it comes up when you Google her name. (laughs) Everybody else is like, "Yeah, we need to know." Because I'm looking at her and it's giving Republican. She got that. Um, let me speak to the manager. Flop, flop hair. Not flop hair. It's like I don't know what to quaff. I don't know what to call it. 
I know what you mean. It's funny to me, though, that the state uh, attorney general or whatever had to spend their time right investigating investigating this pregnancy. <laughs> and then I had mean, to come up with a statement the piece about wasting taxpayer dollars i'm like i get that um you know again depending on who she is as a person i just need to know more about you robin her annual salary was a hundred thousand dollars a year oh no fuck that shit nah you didn't need that <laughs> yeah exactly just wanted a vacation don't the you get this Exactly. You get PTO, but you also got a hundred K a year, bitch, in Atlanta? Like no, in Georgia. I don't want to say Atlanta. But I'm just saying she worked in Atlanta. Wherever the <laughs> office she worked in was in Atlanta. So she was a state official? Um, Georgia State official. Okay. That's what it says, yeah. So yeah, you could definitely afford to, to a nanny or something if you did have kids. So you didn't need all the time off. Like you just yeah. wanted time off. So you was just a scammer. I'm just gonna go ahead and say jail. Because <laughs> It's too risky for white people to have anti-black politics to, you know, have conservatives, mm-hmm. you know, um, be against equity and shit like that. She might be cool. I don't know. And if you are, reach out. Maybe we can reverse your, your appeal, you know. Stop. I don't have those resources. <laughs> and I'm definitely not sending them her. Oh, no, no, no. Not her real appeal on this, on here. This oh. yeah. <laughs> Whatever right, sentence we give you, we can reverse it if you let us know who you are as a person. But right now, I'm just going to say it's crime. Because I can't, I think the reason why they're not mentioning her political affiliation in any of these mm-hmm. articles is because she'll get a lot more backlash. That is so funny, they, literally. Like, look at the searches. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody wants to know. Everybody also, knows. like, was she the one behind her quote unquote uh, partner's email to her job? I don't know. It didn't say. That's I'm assuming so. It's given, it's given low rent, which would make her more likely to, I don't know, to make her more likely to fuck with black people. I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, hopefully more information will come out once this goes to trial so we can give folks some updates. I would like to know the details. I'm going to say the jury's out for me. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, yeah, it's it's complicated. I just thought it was hilarious that she <laughs> resigned immediately. She's like, whoop. Time to go. No further questions. <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't try to flee. I also feel like she might have been able to get away with it if she had moved a little differently. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like maybe after two kids just quit and find a new job and run the scheme again. One was enough. When you right. get away with it one time successfully, let maybe, it go. Yeah. Make sure you're pick like you don't need to send no pictures. No. My husband and I are really invested <laughs> in a parenting style that respects the autonomy of our children, so we won't be sharing any pictures until they're old enough to consent for us to do so. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. <laughs> and then block everybody from your job. Exactly. We won't be sharing any <laughs> I do that before we're... I start a new job anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you trying to be friends with these hoes in the first place? Exactly. It could have been done. You can say you're raising a baby gender neutral, so I don't want to share the name. Right. so much. So many yeah. things she could have done. Yeah. Did she have a baby shower? She had Bitch. a gender reveal. <laughs> 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 oh, I wonder if she accepted gifts from her coworkers. Oh my god, not falling away from her body. I'm trying to Bitch, what? You tied it too loose? It's Velcro. Why didn't you wear like something you, where you couldn't tell that the, like what'd you wear? A tank top? Rompers, dresses, parkas, the jumpsuits. <laughs> We're not playing this. It's too many. It's too a many long tee. You have so many options. Right. And then she could have got all the belly. maternity Why are your belly coming apart? She got money. She could have got the, the little cast that they'd be doing for the movie. The, you the think movie she, you think shit. that the belly she got grew? <laughs> she had the that she had to they get sizes. bigger? Yeah. Or they just stay the same size? Or just in, she like, had to, uh, the If she pulled this off twice. Is she just four months for the whole time? That coworker was sick of her. Right. Like, get this bitch. <laughs> I'm watching her. She said, that bitch keep eating my hummus off a motherfucking fridge. And I done had enough. <laughs> Saying she eating for two. I know that bitch ain't pregnant. <laughs> Not eating for two. Oh, my God. Should have never called me a fat ass Kelly Price, bitch. <laughs> the best, the oh only catfish episode that ever needs to be aired. Oh, my God. It's so funny. I'm you know that was in Cincinnati? Cheese. That was in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should be proud or not. <laughs> I mean, it's iconic. That's what you say that anywhere in the continental U.S. The niggas will know what you're talking about. Exactly. Anywhere, <laughs> I would be proud. <laughs> A little bit. Listen, I'm proud of my trifling ass hometown. So, <clears throat> wow. Whew, wow. But yeah, I'm just gonna guess that she's a Republican. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do that shit. So, they were, they wouldn't hide it. 
They wouldn't hide it if you're the Democrat. I don't think. It's fair. Or we could find some right wing publications or some shit that would be like, yeah, you know, they mooching off the system. They True. They love handouts. True. They would have dragged her immediately. Is it? Oh, she right wing. Oop. Let me. Never mind. <laughs> That shit was funny. Yeah. What about you? Do you say it's a comment? Um, I think I need to learn more about Robin as an individual. I'm I'm already leaning towards crime because like you didn't put in your full effort. You could have done better. (laughs) Not a crime because you didn't try hard enough. (laughs) I mean, come on. I mean, it was coming off your belly. (laughs) Your belly was coming off your belly. You didn't put in the effort needed, so. Bitch, get a wore a sweatshirt. So I'm like, oh, oh, I'm offended. Shit. You didn't even try. That's fair. That's how Abigail felt, her coworker. She was like, no, no. <laughs> Abby. <laughs> All right. Well, Let us know what y'all think. Yeah. Yes, I would love to hear Fox's opinion on this one. Because yeah. I truly have gone back and forth. Have been since I read it. So normally it's like a clear shot to a crime when yeah. we do these. But like this time it's a little bit more. I'm like, like you scamming the government. I'm. Usually, it's always a vibe. Yeah. yeah, it's scambiguous. Oh, <gasps> all right. Wait, is I'll that like the new that. name of our? <laughs> like, we gotta figure out a way to use that. Right. Trademark, trademark, trademark. <laughs> right, <Don't> scambiguous. <laughs> Put that on a shirt. We like that. Something. Actually, I would love that on a shirt. That's no, cute. Sorry. Let us know if you wear a shirt that says scambiguous. Oh, uh, not even a translator. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> I like that. Um, Speaking of letting us know things, follow us on the socials. I and a killer podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And I and a killer pod on Twitter. And you can email us at I and a killer podcast at gmail.com. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else where you can find podcasts. Except in Pandora. Yeah, yeah they, they, they not playing. <laughs> um, leave us a review. Send the podcast to somebody that you know would like us. Um, or even if they don't like us, I love a hate listen. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. how you really feel. Exactly. I'll take that. Yeah. You know, you made it when you got some haters. Like, Period. Yeah. Send us some haters. Yeah. Oh, if you got stories or, you know, any interesting affiliations. To it would it. be fun to do like current crime, or maybe not current crime, but should this be a crime with like things that actually happen to our listeners? Mm-hmm. Hopefully, nothing bad happens to y'all. But you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Also, I want to shout out uh, Red Hot Mama on Instagram. We see you. Yeah. Engaging. Oh, thank you for I the engagement. <laughs> Yeah, that was one of the yes. All right. Until yeah. next time. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.